Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. Welcome to the New Vision Podcast. Now, 1st of October marks 29 years since the soldiers of Rwandan Patriotic Front invaded Rwanda from Uganda. Now, there's a very good story and a link between President Yuri Museveni, Paul Kagame of Rwanda, Salim Saleh, the late Fred Rijema, Eli Tumwine Kahindo Tafire, and the beautiful story of Rwanda. Now, our very own researcher, Tony Awana, a seasoned researcher, is going to help us break this down and let us know what happened. How did the invasion take place? What happened afterwards? Well, Tony, you're most welcome. I hope you are not implying that I'm also Rwandese because I'm not. But I was around and I'm still around. I think it was uh, a politically embarrassing thing that happened on 1st October 1990 when uh, uh, soldiers that had been members of our own National Resistance Army led by our own Assistant Minister of Defense invaded a sovereign country called Rwanda. They were led home by the late Major General Fred Gisa Rijema who had also been a Deputy Army Commander here and a Member of Parliament of Uganda. Rijema got attached to URM7 during the days of the Front for National Salvation when they were fighting Amin. When they came here, Rijema is one of those who were quickly sidelined in the recruitment of the new army by pointing out that he was in Nyarwanda and he took cover somehow. When Museveni goes to attack Kabamba, one of the people he was with was Fred Gisa Rijema in addition to Paul Kagame, who is now the president of Rwanda. Now, Rijema is part and parcel of our history, and by extension, of course, Rwanda, uh, whatever differences we may have, the political attachments we have are that strong. When we got ranks in 1988 on 6th of February, when the National Resistance Army got formal ranks, Rijema became Major General alongside Eli Tumwine and Salim Saleh. To show how prominent he was in the hierarchy, Tumwine received his rank first, followed by Rijema, followed by Saleh. You would have thought that Saleh would have come first or some of the, but Rijema came second. Indeed, Rijema's number in the army was number 15. And General Saleh uh, is 16. And indeed, General Tumwine is 23. So Rijema was that senior. In accordance with the decision of the Army Council to change the present NRA ranks into regular Army ranks, as President and Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces, I have given the following officers the ranks mentioned against their names. RO 23 and a member of High Command will have the rank of Major General. RO15, Freddy Rijama Gisa, Major General. RO16, Member of High Command, Sarim Sarerufu, Major General. 
the only other person who was more high ranking in the NRA than him in terms of number was Yoweri Museveni and Kahindo Tafire who is number 14. So Rijema takes oath as a member of parliament on the 29th of January 1986. He gets appointed as an assistant minister of defense and also deputy army commander, uh, deputy to Elite Mwine. I Elite to Mwine swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to the Republic of Uganda and that I will preserve, protect and defend the constitution. So help me God. I Fred Rujema Jisa swear that I will bear faithful and bear the true allegiance to the Republic of Uganda and that I will preserve, protect and defend the constitution. So help me God. Matai Chargonza. I, Matai Kitamazile Chargonza, swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to the Republic of Uganda and that I will preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. So help me God. Most interesting when uh, Rijema was getting formally into our army was the chief guest who was invited to attend the function. The chief guest was none other than the president of Rwanda, Major General Juvenal Habyarimana. And he was present as Rijema was getting the equivalent of his rank in another army. And from what we hear, President Museveni had been constantly alerting President Habyarimana that you have a group of young people who want to come home. But General uh, Habyarimana would always respond that Rwanda is full up. In fact, he had a, a graphic way of displaying how full it was. He would get a tumbler and pour water in it until it overflows and says, we are full up like this glass. So earlier on, because of increasing rumors that sections of the NRA were planning to attack Rwanda, President Museveni visited Rwanda and actually reassured Abiyarimana that his country would not be used as a launching pad for an attack on Rwanda. But Museveni also advised that there should be a way in which Rwanda would at least allow its exiles to visit home if they were not to come back. Abiyarimana refused, and I think that is when Museveni also changed his, his status. As to whether Museveni knew of the impending invasion is a matter of opinion. My thinking is that because it was politically explosive, they made sure he would not know when they are leaving because he would have stopped them. But the time beam, I think he was even abroad, then they took off. And that was the beginning of the end of the Abiyarimana regime. Of course, Rejema died quickly, I think on the second day of the invasion. And by that time, uh, another senior officer in the RPF ranks, Major Paul Kagame, was in a uh, a military college in the U.S., which he deserted and joined the, the, the war in Rwanda. The rest is history. So, come 1995, there was a mass burial in Rwanda of the victims of the genocide. And uh, the 
President Museveni didn't go, but he was represented by Vice President Dr. Specioza Wandira Kazibwe. We have a speech. What happened in, the, in Rwanda here must be kept in the minds of the people of Rwanda, in the minds of the people of Africa, in the minds of the people of the world who are peace-loving and also love progress. What happened in Rwanda is indeed to be condemned. In Uganda, we first saw the bodies of the victims of genocide floating into our waters. In our culture and in many cultures in this part of the world, when people die, at the time of burial, it is a time of mourning. But I take this occasion to be a time of mourning and a time of rebirth. Today, we are also acknowledging that Rwanda is being born again. After Kazue's speech, the Vice President of Rwanda, Major General Paul Kagame, also spoke. For those who may not know, Kagame didn't become president of Rwanda when they took power. No, he became vice president and minister of defense, and the, the, the president was uh, Pasteur Bizimungu. So at that function, Kagame was invited to give a background of their struggle. And uh, for him, unlike us in Uganda who have decided to hush-hush our things, uh, Kagame made it clear that for them their genocide was not a joke and you could even get from the tone of his voice that he he was not going to to, to, to allow any belittling of what they had gone through but why do I speak for him? We, we have the evidence. We are here today to commemorate an occasion which reminds us of extermination of part of our population and everything we see here today is uh, symptomatic of serious sickness that has already been mentioned by different individuals that had eaten our society for a very long time unchecked and it had to culminate into the loss of lives to the tune of a million or so of the people of Rwanda. When people talk about genocide, when people talk about killings that took place in Rwanda, they are real, they are not just stories. About a million people were killed. Up to now, mass graves are being discovered everywhere all over the country. Nobody has even, actually, one million is just an estimation, nobody has put the figures together to know exactly how many people died. But anyway, irrespective of the numbers, this kind of act is an act that cannot go unchecked, is not an act that can go on without having those people who are responsible held accountable. Now, this 29th anniversary of that invasion comes at a time when relations between our countries are not at their best. Uh, and I wouldn't want to stray into that discussion, but the whole point is the relations between our two countries are sealed in blood. President Museveni, after many years, he admitted having been involved actively 
in the struggle to remove Habyari man. Throughout all those years, he had constantly denied it. In fact, at one time, he even said, if we were involved, that war would have ended very quickly. I remember him saying that. But he only admitted much later. And perhaps there's also something to learn for Ugandans. No one wants to boast about assistance by a foreigner, especially when you are trying to liberate your own country. So if Ugandans turn down on the way you boast about liberating other countries, those you have liberated will be able to live peacefully with you. You can only thank Vision Podcasts for this little bit of information as the good citizens of Rwanda and Uganda get together to celebrate the beginning of the liberation of Rwanda despite whatever might be happening along the common border. Thank you so much, our very own seasoned journalist and researcher, Tony Owana. This has been an insightful history and a very interesting one. Send us your feedback or comment using any of our social media platforms and we'll be sure to get back to you. You've been listening to the New Vision Podcast. New Vision.